politics is messy and it is can be overwhelming, you know, but um, yeah, I can't speak for every individual of why they, you know, what was the catalyst that got them into it or out of it. Um, obviously, we've had over the last couple of years plenty to choose from, um, whether that's positive or negative, uh, like not positive, or negative, but what forced you into politics or or just like, hey, I, I need to step back from this. Like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I really don't want to get in this. This is so device divisive or, you know, we I can't have a conversation with my family, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is um, for people that choose that. But um yeah, I mean, like I said, for me, it was it was the Brett Kavanaugh, and and it 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 taught me a lot in that sort of time period. I think, um, and I, I might be getting away from your original question with this, but oh, I didn't really have a question. <laughs> it was just me rambling. So you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, f- those couple events that happened. I mean, COVID, George Floyd. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse, um, yeah. mm-hmm. gosh, you know, <laughs> Roe v. Wade. Yeah, Roe v. <laughs> yeah, v. Wade. That was a hard one, right? That came right out before our general election. Um, yeah. I'll remind me to come back to that point, but sure. You know, what we saw with all of this is that we really did see where people kind of stood or like you said, we're, we're squishy and didn't stand. Right. You know, um, people are like, yeah, I'm Republican or conservative. And it's like, okay, but like, where are you? Like, right. where are your thoughts? I think it, it really did cause people to think yeah. where they stood. Um, and, and that happened not only in the politics, but then also in church. Yeah. I mean, how much did we see this with people either leaving church or um, I know um, not necessarily politics involved in, and, and I don't want to talk about that necessarily here, but you know, COVID with it, them shutting down so many churches, you know, we, you step out of line, you have to, you have to look at it on virtual. You're not, in mm-hmm. communication with people, in, in community with people. And there was a couple of things that were kind of being said that we were like, okay, you know, maybe we need to look for a different church at this time, or we're, yeah. we're trying to look for something else too, you know? And, um, and so you saw where the church was, you saw where it stood and the people that really stood against the government and the government overreach in churches, those churches, they got really pushed hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like, uh, gosh, uh, guys in California, I think. Oh yeah, your John John MacArthur's church. Um, His, but then there's a um another one I can't remember. But anyways, I mean they got uh, they were getting fined after fined after fined from the government, and mm-hmm. but their church just continued to grow, yeah. and we saw um, a population growth um just was really really uh, cool for because people were searching, but then you also saw a lot of people leave too for various reasons. But so we saw this with the church, we saw this with politics that people were kind of just figuring out. But you know, for us, it was actually a really hard time in my life with. COVID um, and kind of all of this leading up to with politics because we saw, you know, and and maybe this is the same for you guys, but I was so mad about where things were Mm -hmm. um, and how people were treating other people in terms of COVID and, and sort of the distancing that was happening sometimes necessarily, sometimes unnecessarily, everyone had to do what they felt was best for their health. But, um, and then you saw that coupled with uh, all the political stuff. And and all the bad that was happening in the political stuff and and and, then, and it was just really unfortunate and I don't really know where I'm going with this. Point, so I'm <laughs> no, sorry about it's that. no, it's fine. But I understand um, your sentiment of of just kind of there's just this separation um, and that kind of this just anger that kind of came over a lot of us and I and I've openly admitted you know where. I might not have been posting and blasting on Facebook, but I was angry. Um, and, and honestly, to a certain extent, very unhealthy, um, very yeah, unhealthy same way. Here, um, same here. Um, I was really angry. And so the Lord really had that kind of work. And I think 
the podcast was kind of a part of this where we wanted to find a civil way to be able to discuss these issues. We'd love to have people that are on different sides of the political aisle. I think that would be wonderful. Um, but to, you know, to have healthy disagreements and to, you know, hear people's voices instead of looking at a Facebook post and, and kind of putting in your own tone into that. Um, and I like that, you know, you're able to see me, um, that we're able to look at each other mm-hmm. in the eye. If you're going to insult someone, you know, at least do it to their face. Um, that's, you know, that's my rule. Um, but another kind of spout of political nastiness that's probably, because it kind of settled down for just a touch. And of course, it never stays that way for long. Um, we had... Um, the Roe v. Wade draft was leaked. Lito's draft was leaked, which has never happened. And haven't found the person who leaked it, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, as I thought, Connor was a bit more skeptical, but I was like, yeah, this is going to get overturned. And sure enough, it did. And it was probably the best <laughs> day of my life. I thought it was just the most wonderful thing. I mean, the world, it's just everything that, you know, a lot of people much more dedicated than me had been praying for um, with a lot of the churches. Um, and the one thing I noticed, uh, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on this, uh, so it's not just like me rambling and then you have to try to respond. Um, but we had some churches that would not uh, acknowledge it on the pulpit that decided that they were willing to acknowledge George Floyd. Uh, they weren't willing to acknowledge one of the one of the bigger wins, not the full win, because um, there's a lot of work to be done, right? Um, so that was really that was really disappointing. Um, but I thought I just want to kind of get your thoughts on Roe v. Wade itself, um, what your reaction was. I don't know how intimately involved you are with the pro-life mu- movement. I imagine you're pro-life. Mm-hmm. But, um, I imagine that. Uh, hopefully I'm not assuming, kind of am, but just kind of getting your general overall thoughts on that because you seemed like there's something that you really wanted to talk about. Well, I wanted to say that it was it was um, as happy as I was to see that it was more ill timed for our campaign um, mm. selfishly, just because yeah, it I really do think that was one of the things that brought out way more Democrats into this municipal municipal election. Okay, was that they did not want to see, even though city council has no legislation over abortion. That is a state congressional issue. Yeah, you can't do anything. I, like yeah. You have no control. But the people don't know that, though. Right. And, and I, 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 coming into the first, the last couple of weeks into the election, I had multiple people email me specifically for that reason. Mm. Um, most were, dem- most were un- unaffiliated. I had one Republican or two Republicans. Um, I even had one Democrat who said, I'll vote. Ag- this is the first time I'm going to vote across party lines. Um, and they said they would vote for me because, it, and excuse me, that wasn't actually abortion issue. That was a public safety issue that she said she would do that. Um, but I had a lot of people email me, even a Republican say, are you remotely um, open for, and it, you know, they, they couple it as women's rights, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, that the sort of term out that of, they, of abortion. Yes. And so, um, you know, I kind of gave my answer and I just clearly ended the email of, cause she asked me, what are your thoughts on Roe v. Wade? I'm like, well, that's sort of an open-ended question. That's what? a really long, that's a yeah, really like, can long you answer. Clarify this a little bit for me. And so her, her big, her, basically her bottom line was, where are you on, are, are you for any abortion? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I gave her like I'm more for 
contraceptives and access to contraceptives and let's try to deal with the preventative piece like let's put more resources into the preventative piece more so than okay i have this baby you know i'm, I'm pregnant and abortion's my only option right um and so and there's so many other options like pregnancy resource centers and things like that and, mm-hmm. and adoption and so i just ended it and i said this is where i stand i said if this is not the answer you're looking for then i'm not your candidate and mm-hmm. she just said, thank you for your honesty, you know? And yeah. so it was very, it was very I can clean. appreciate that. Yeah. And, yep. and I've wrestled with this one because, um, you know, before I had very black and white views and I, and I still do to an extent. So let me explain this. Sure. I, you know, I am black and white in terms of, I am very much pro-life. Um, I think life starts at conception. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of you have to, I've learned from a couple of different people who were candidates in other States, as well as also candidates, um, long term that are running again or you know have run um in in the state congressional um, house and things like that where you have to took take on a lens of being a christian but not pushing all of your christian views on a public that doesn't hold those same values Mm -hmm. and so it's like how are you going to govern and then how are you as a christian and a lot of those two line up together and i may not be explaining this well but um, but how do you how do you fit all of the people that don't hold the same faith, don't hold the same viewpoints as you, but you're trying to sort of govern all these people, but then you also have this core belief of being a Christian. And so I talked to someone about, um, you know, who who is a strong believer, you know, is that is a daughter of a pastor. And she really put forth um, a lot of the effort in terms of the heartbeat bill in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it is, OK you have to start with one legislation, get there, and then you have to change the culture and the mindset of the population. Because right now it's either abortion, you're for it, or you're against it. Mm -hmm. And right now it's like, okay, let's look at first trimester. And where some people that are pro-life might look at that as a loss, we'll look at it as we're not having to deal with any of the other abortions later on in life. And then you start changing the culture and then you go for six weeks and then you go for zero. And and not to say that going straight for no abortions is the wrong way to go. It's just, it was, a it was, I had to, t- I had to sort of navigate this area of like, okay, what am I okay with? What am I, what do we need to go with? Personally, I'm not okay with these things, but how do you play that into being to governance? And that was really hard. It was really that hard. Is, that I'm does like, sound difficult. Yeah. yeah. Am, I, am I going against being a Christian, am I going against the yeah. Lord in all of this? You know, where, you know, is it, so it was, it was the, the outside of public speaking, it was probably the least uh, favorite part of trying to run was trying to, but it was good because it allowed me to sort of look at viewpoints and um, think about things a little bit more, I don't know, abstractly or, or even technically well, to I a degree. Mean, you're looking at it from a different lens that people like you know, us on this side of it are not looking at it from. And so I understand, as you explained, I understand what you understand, what you're trying to say is that, you know, you have a, you're trying to impose God on a godless people. And so, yes, we can try to put these restrictions on, but a lot of the change that needs to happen, you're correct. It's a, it's a cultural change um, that you're looking for. Um, we were kind of having a thing going on. Um, there's these drag queen story hours that make it, yeah. um, that are making it around, from what I've guessed, 29 states, um, at least two cities um, within each of these states. And I was really worked up about it and was trying to get it canceled. And I was talking to my significant other, and he's like, you know, Jordan, you're just working. You're just trying to cover a symptom. 
the 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 real issue like because they're gonna come back they're yeah. gonna they're gonna come yeah. back and they're probably gonna come back stronger and so again he wasn't discouraging trying to you know get right. rid of it yeah. but you're you're saying something really similar is that you know it's just kind of almost band-aiding it we're and not trying to say that legislation is just a band-aid like stopping um you know abortions after the first trimester is a huge deal that's that's really great and so you're taking it from what's practical to get that number down as opposed to just trying to outright um ban it and you know you have to speak to it more because again i'm just kind of spouting out my thoughts but there are some states that maybe you can do it at six weeks and that works and that population it, it, it can it can fly a bit better but if you're able to like slowly slowly progress i feel like that's kind of what happened with roe v wade a little bit too is a long process yeah. of getting the certain the right judges in there and a lot of people on the ground for the pro-life movement and from what I know f- statistically, too, um, you know, people are not as pro-choice as um, our more crazy politicians are that want nine months. And, you know, most most Americans are not like that. Um, yeah. They, yeah, no. they we, we did a lot of segments on that. It seemed that yeah. most, most people that were pro-choice or pro-abortion um, wanted it to be very rare. Uh, just the really rare instances. They didn't want it to go up to nine months. Now people have started to go that way. The feminists have gone that way. The progressives have gone that way. Yeah. I think um, New York passed their law, right? Didn't they say nine Well, months? I mean, New York, New York, California. New York just needs to, like, go, like... If I, they, I can tell if you that they broke off of the United States <laughs> and floated off to China, I would, <laughs> I would probably be okay with that. The uh, I can say the main body of the state of New York, because I used to live up there, uh, just wishes New York City would break off and become its own thing. They yeah. don't want their taxes. They don't want their politics. Uh, when I lived there and got to vote, uh, it would have been Obama's second run, so probably 2012. When I got to vote, I just want I wanted to see what the ratio was of Democrats to Republicans. And it was seven or eight Democrats to one Republican. Wow. So we got ratioed hard because of the city. Yeah. Is like, even though the mainland is uh, the main part of the state is largely conservative and Republican, there was just no winning against the city. They, they out the population just completely decimated the rest of the votes. Yeah, that same uh, hometown of New, or not hometown, home state of New Jersey. Um, I think a lot of the, we always joke that the North should be a different state than the South part of the state because I grew up around farmlands and, um, you know, I was telling you earlier, like my hometown is Cedar Water Lakes and log cabins and we have- That sounds very peaceful. It's (laughs) very serene. And and I went back a couple, two weeks ago because my parents are uh, planning to move down here. And Mm -hmm. so I was trying to get my, you know, one last trip in and- um, people don't think about that in New Jersey, you know, and, uh, and they don't, re- they don't think about, Hey, New York, it's the whole upstate New York. It's beautiful. And you have the white plains and you have all these like just awesome places in New York that tend to be more rural and conservative. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that does, that does happen. Um, I'm going to switch our gears a little bit, um, for our <laughs> last part of our, um, episode, unless there's more that you want to say, um, on local politics, which, you know, I, I honestly, I feel like with most of our guests, we could talk for like four hours because I could just talk all day and listen to people talk all day. Well, I will say this on local politics, um, at least from from this campaign is, you know, a lot of people don't realize and they'd say, OK, here's where the breakdown was, was that there was four Democrats and they came above us, the four Republicans. Right. Mm-hmm. There was a 12000 vote split between their lowest and our highest, mm-hmm. which was yeah. really unfortunate because we really did feel you know, we kept on talking to Democrats that are like, I'm going to vote straight Republican, straight Republican tip. I can't tell you how many people I went up 
And they were just saying, I'm so sick of where the city is. I want to see a change. I'm voting Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, so we really thought there would be more of a kind of in this intermingle sort of mix of, of candidates. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening, I think, kind of going back to the point um, of the Roe v. Wade, is that happened right at the time where we were a couple of weeks away from yeah. our general. And it brought out more Democratic voters because they, they did not – want a pro-life person on the campaign or on the council. Mm. Um, And so, or it it was one of those catalyst topics that they didn't know what city council did or didn't have jurisdiction over. So they're like, no, I need to vote against this because, you know, in our door knocking, I mean, we door knocked every week. We had anywhere from 10 people to 40, 50 people coming out to door knock with us every weekend. I mean, the, the movement that happened that, um, you know, that we put behind all of this was incredible. And and I say we, and I played this very small part of it. I was really on the coattails of everyone else. And and they, they swarmed me in this because they knew I was a mom of a toddler and that my husband was gone a lot of the time. Stronger in numbers though. Stronger stronger in numbers. numbers. And Mm so I'm just leaning into that. But, um, so we had that 12,000 vote difference. I mean, we hit 55,000 houses from what I understand from the GOP, we hit 55,000 houses that's and really good. I got 25,000 votes. It was a consistently about a 300 point difference between um, the number two spot, number four spot. I came in at number three for Republicans. And then the top one was Kyle. He got more unaffiliated and Democratic voters. He's probably mm-hmm. our more moderate candidate, I would okay. say, in terms of Republicans. And and he was a transportation writer. And uh, he had so many great things to kind of offer. And, and I think a lot of people um, jumped over lines or were unaffiliated voter for him. So he got about 3,000 uh, votes difference than, mm. than us okay. but even still 12,000 votes lower than Smuggy Mitchell who um, really shouldn't even be a candidate because he owns 25% of a company and, and that's a conflict of interest with the city a little bit. Oh, that sounds yeah, like he it he can't have more than 10% yeah. and he's had multiple issues anyway <laughs> that's, that's a tangent but or, or I digress from that um, but we did have, so 55,000 voters, I mean, it was a municipal only, it was a summer election, it was off season. So we had those things we thought could be going for us, but maybe against us. Um, the Roe v. Way hit, that was a negative, but we had 22% of Republicans come out. That's, a that's an incredibly low number. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. of our, one of our previous guests, Mich- Michelle, right? Yeah, Michelle. Michelle, Michelle mentioned to her. Yeah. just a horrible turnout for Republicans. I think. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that makes me nervous is that a lot of we're seeing, I mean, we were just looking at how many people have jumped ship from the Democratic Party. And they're like, all right, I'm going to vote for the Republicans. But the Republicans actually have to do something. Right. They actually have to right. come out. And for 50 years, they lost the abortion argument uh, ever since Roe v. Wade was first implemented. And just now we've seen it get overturned this year. I'm like, okay, great. Don't lose your momentum just because you won a victory. Like we have to, you, you get, I think, I feel like historically Republicans have just kind of slowed the progress of what the Democrats have wanted to do. They, they, they don't know how to use power. Enough. They don't. That's the issue. Is they don't. They're too scared to use power when they have it. And that's the thing. It's like you could have good people, right? Good people like you running. If no one shows up, th- why does it matter? You know. And that's and that's unfortunate, right? Is that we have to show up. Um, we have to actually put a little bit of use the rights that we have in this country that we have for now, um, and then yeah. use them to vote for for people and to actually be, you know, slightly involved in, in your society. I think there are some 
because I listen to a lot of different church people and I'm sure you have, you know, people like this too, where they really, they're like, I'm just a Christian. I don't want to be involved in politics in any way um, because these are separate. You know, they don't touch, two cheeses don't touch. We're not going to, we're not going to do that. And I think there's a way to be involved in politics as a Christian without it consuming your entire being. Yeah, um, I have like four points that I kind of want to like almost full circle this. So Jack Hibbs was the guy I was thinking about before. So that, that was the, that was the pastor. Um, okay, I, he might be in California, maybe maybe Colorado or somewhere. But um, so him. But going back to you know, it is a disservice for a church not to talk about politics. I think because uh, one, a lot of people aren't educated. Um, I think people are trying to figure out, okay, how am I, how does my faith match with politics? Um, and you know, if you're going to be the spiritual leader, not again, I don't think the pastor should be the head. You should be your relationship with Jesus Christ and, and, um, you shouldn't get all your information from a pastor, but a a lot of people do, they, they go and, and they learn from their pastors. But, um, I think where churches unfortunately don't breach this topic is because a lot of them are under the 5013C. Um, and I know there's an argument, and this might be controversial, of whether or not you just get rid of the 5013C and churches mm-hmm. really shouldn't be a nonprofit. And there goes our yep. tax write offs. Uh, yeah, know, that's so a whole that's a whole podcast. So, <laughs> so um, and, I, and again, that's why I, I uh, you know, kind of prefaced it with being a, a controversial. Yes. But, <laughs> but um, you know, there was a, there was a, I can't remember the, um, the church. It was, he's a guy out in Oregon. I'll send you the link, but he did a fantastic job in actually separating, um, church and politics and where God is and how they, you know, there's, there's the God in politics, there's God in family. And then there was another section, but he just did a fantastic job. There's, there's two sermons that he did and he touched on, um, politics in the church. And Mm. I think he just did such a fantastic job at, um, really sort of clarifying it and, and almost organizing it for people to understand. And so I'll, I'll find it and, and send it over to you guys. Cause That'd I really do think it was helpful um, for me as well as I've kind of told other people about it. And they also agreed uh, again, not to say that um, he's the only one to go with right. and not sure. to listen to other people, but that was, that was one that I had listened to during that time. Um, but some of the other points were is, and I'm going to see if I can sort of, uh, Tied in a nice yeah, tie. <laughs> Bring it together. Yeah. yeah, it was, you know, with Trump, um, even though you love him or hate him, um, and I always go back to, uh, do you guys, have you heard of uh, Fleckus Talks? No. Okay, Maybe. he's a he's a podcaster. I don't know where he's at, but um, he, well, how I got into him is that he would do a podcast that was, Trump's not that bad. You know, he would basically talk about his good points and be like, mm. yeah, he didn't, you know, he says things yeah. and, you know, even Trump gave himself a D when it comes to personalization, but A in terms <laughs> of business and things like that. I remember that during uh. one of those interviews, but Fleckus talks to, you know, uh, Trump's not that bad. So whether you like him or hate him, um, he really did open the door to kind of be like, where are you going to be mm-hmm. he, he, in terms of churches and also politics? You know, I know mm-hmm. we have this huge MAGA um, you know, push with everyone and, and you're very it's pretty big, you know, yeah, it's, it's, um, when you meet a MAGA person, they're very, you know, hard, um, on yes. that side. And so, but he lets you know where you stood and, and where your neighbor stood. And so I think that was actually kind of, it was interesting. It was obviously really revealing for not only local politics, but and national politics, but even yeah. in a sort of relationships too. And, um, for me, you know, this whole journey through these last couple of years with COVID and, and I know we didn't even get to talk to you um, about 
my husband being a pilot and the mandates and all that, but this was really sort of this whole time period. It allowed us to see, okay, who do we want in our foxhole? Mm-hmm. Who, who are our people? And that really, um, it was really hard um, because it was, I wouldn't say limiting, but it was really hard because we felt like we were sort of lost in a group of the sea of people that we knew and but we didn't really have a home we didn't have community um and so we're slowly finding that and and this campaign has really helped that because it's allowed me to be part of my i feel my people um and find people that are like-minded um not only spiritually but then also politically and again i don't think it's healthy to be around just one group of people i do think you need to be around people that you can have a discord with and and a good conversation and i think it's really great that you guys are bringing on multiple different types of people here well that's the future goal we haven't done that yet but we are (laughs) to you the viewer (laughs) um but to have those sort of conversations because you can't grow without you know having them well you kind of live in your own little bubble and you don't really experience different viewpoints outside of your own you don't learn how to argue them if you don't but you wouldn't have someone who's just vehemently against you as your close friend you know there's kind of like different spheres like you said like your foxhole it's small you know yeah small and then you kind of expand out and then you know you have relationships with people out here um, but they're not going to be the same because you guys don't have those shared values yeah that makes sense yeah so i didn't i i had some other thoughts but i'm not sure how to tie them all in so i'm just going to end it there okay that's (laughs) fine that's fine we like all of your thoughts so far and we're enjoying them very much um but I think, I mean, I don't even know how long. Oh, oh we've been I going. remember. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm like looking at the time like, wow, we've been going for a little bit. Yes. A little bit. So yeah, sorry. So so what I was talking about in terms of the Republicans, it only being 22%, it was really hard and just mm-hmm. kind of, it was, it was disappointing. But at the same degree, the silver lining is, is that that was more of a push than we have seen in prior municipal elections. Again, okay. if we were running with the U.S. Senate seat that's happening here in November, I think those numbers would have been a lot different and, sure. and more ingl- ingl- mm-hmm. intermingled than, um, uh, you know, like we originally thought it was going to be. Here's the other thing, too, is there were 17% of people that actually came out in the city, which is really sad because 17% of 900,000, I mean, yeah. not a lot. <laughs> yeah, not a lot right. comparatively. Whatever that math ends up being, and so that was more than what they were expecting. Usually, municipal elections you see five percent, eight percent. That's what we were expecting, and we saw seventeen percent again. You know, take the other win. side, other yeah. side. But it motivated people, and so with that push, and more Republicans came coming out, and for whatever reason, they didn't come out for whether it's. They gave up on Charlotte because it's a democratic city. It was the summer, so they were gone. They didn't know about it. Whatever the reason is, um, there was more coming out, and that's yeah. the silver lining. So I think there yeah. will be more in November. Yeah, and I, I think I think you make a good point, and I don't have any arguments. I don't have anything to add <laughs> because you tied it up so well. <laughs> uh, so uh, for our last bit of our segment, we've been going for a little bit, but I think it's an interesting topic. So I want to spend just a little bit of time on it um, before we wrap up. That's okay with you, Connor. Yeah, no, I'm fine. It would be sad if you said no, because then it'd be awkward for everybody listening to this. That'd be funny. Just we're no, we're done. No. <laughs> Connor, <laughs> Connor is the misogynist. Says no, I decide <laughs> when we end. Um, but you mentioned that you are a physician's assistant, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of talked a little bit about you know Ben Carson, Rand Paul. 
kind of talk a little bit of what you do because you said that you do functional medicine. Functional medicine. Yeah. Functional medicine. I don't know. Just talk talk a little bit uh, about that. What what on earth is that? Yeah, um, I almost need like three hours to kind of talk about all of the. You have three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, kind of what I even said politically is, and why I think it lended itself really well to the politics was because we really try to get to the root problem mm-hmm. um, for the patient, and so um, we're looking at data. We're looking. We're thinking outside the box. We're we're trying to do everything we can to really figure out. Okay, what is causing this problem? And and thankfully, a lot of my patients um, are very interested. You obviously you have to be vested in your health to kind of come see us because we're actually a cash based practice. We don't take insurance, gotcha, um, right. labs, and things like that because insurance doesn't pay for what we do. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, but love health insurance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so literally, we do everything else. I, I see my patients. I. Well, I'll see this. The difference is I get to spend an hour and a half with my new patients, not 15 minutes. That is is huge. That is a huge, that's a, we'll have to talk off there, but that's a huge deal. Yeah. And so sometimes I can see a patient as quick as 30 minutes for follow-ups if it's, you know, one thing. Um, Generally, I see them for an hour um, for for their follow-ups. And there's a lot that, you know, I'm usually just typing their full history and I get from um, birth and even in preconception with the moms with their mom's health all the way up until now and wow. so if you think about it you need almost two hours sometimes for certain patients like Lyme disease and and cancer and things like that mm-hmm. but I just try to get to the root cause of the problem we have our commonalities just like a uh, normal traditional medicine has their you know commonalities that they go after first but um, I love what I do I've I mean I've been taking supplements since I was really little my mom uh, my husband jokes about <laughs> about me calling myself a Shackley baby because I grew up on uh, Shackley, which is a nutritional company. But um, yeah, I mean, so I just feel like there's a cause to, I mean, you you have a symptom, let's figure it out. Is it nutritional? Is it hormonal? Is it environmental? You know, is it infectious or toxin-based? Let's try to figure that out. It unfortunately is expensive because insurance doesn't pay for it, but, um, and, and we really do try to help out where we can, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the patients and, and cost and things like that. And I work for a really just awesome guy. He's super intelligent, probably the smartest person I've ever met. And, um, a believer and we we had share so much um in terms of our viewpoints that it's kind of uncanny like it's yeah. just <laughs> it's really kind of cool and we could sit almost for hours after work and talk but um yeah so that's what I do but I actually specialize in a couple of different things um I was in Raleigh I was in a primarily Lyme based clinic mm-hmm. and so I I treat chronic Lyme um here as well and and mold toxic burden which can more more or less they can manifest in themselves and it's people who have gotten exposed to mold either in a water damaged building yep. or yep I have a like couple that. friends that they yeah. have it's she unfor- had, they it's had so both they both had Lyme and then they yeah. both had mold yeah, yeah. So that's great um but we treat anything from hormones to uh digestive issues. Um, I have a couple kids that have, um, pandas and, 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 uh, which is a sort of a brain inflammatory. Condition. Okay. Cause when you said pandas, I was like, pandas. Yeah. Have not the cute. Pa- like, oh. yeah, no, Jordan was here. immediately thinking, how I'm, do I get one? I have, I have, if you don't know, I have an obsession with, with panda bears. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you don't want this one. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so we see a little bit of, you know, like I said, we see a little bit of everything, but um, I have a couple certifications under my belt, which is really cool through this whole process. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the ones that I really love is actually we, it's called the Walsh Protocol. And it's actually, and this may even be a whole nother thing if you want to do it, but <laughs> yeah. this is actually treating uh, mental health conditions with nutrient therapy. So okay. we huh. use, interesting. Um, yeah, so we use uh, supplements, um, magnesium, zinc, um, B6, 
Yeah. Um, you know, some things like SAMI and some other things that we're working it with your genetics as well as also um, with nutrients to try to really help you. And whether that's ADD or anxiety or depression, mm-hmm. we try to help that way without having to use medications. Sometimes medications are needed or, or it's a financial thing, um, but we really try to not use medications in and of itself. Okay. Because that's a, that's a, 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 that's a kind of rings up a question of like, when people sometimes hear functional and integrative medicine, they're like, okay, well, do you guys use medication at all? Or do you guys just use all supplements? Like, and honestly, I think to a certain extent, people would ask the question, does this even work? Or quite frankly, and I, I don't think this, but is it a scam? Like, do you, like, do you have you ever oh, yeah, experienced I mean, that? And oh gosh, we've had people, I've had, um, there's actually something, I don't even want to give a name to them because I don't want people to like, go visit a site and then he gets a hit. But um, <laughs> yeah. there's people who have actively come against us. And what's actually really cool about North Carolina is it's the only state that has a lobbying board um, for functional medicine and integrative medicine mm-hmm. called North Carolina Integrative Medical Society. So we're the only state that has that, that actually helps protect um, and lobby and talk to the medical board, um, you know, about cases that might, I mean, gosh, 20 years ago, they, the medical board put out a, ca- a case against a physician for B12 injections, you know, which is so oh, wow. standard now, but it was not standard before. And so, um, so it's to kind of help in situations like that, um, which I think is, is vitally needed. Um, and, and even in more States, but yeah, I mean, some people can look at it as like a scam and I think it, those are people that don't know much about it. Um, does it, does everything work for all people? Absolutely not. That's why they call it practicing medicine, even though whether you're, a cardiologist or an endocrinologist or a functional medicine doctor, you are still practicing. We're, we're, we're really trying to figure it out. And so not necessarily everything works for all people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we kind of have to go through those different sort of trial and errors and and process of eliminations sometimes to figure it out. Um, which again is probably the hardest part because I get really frustrated too. Because um, I really want to, I don't want to see the patient back. That's the goal. Right. Unless they're there for general wellness and um, some people use us as their their general practitioner, even though we don't indicate ourselves as that because they don't want to <laughs> see anyone else, which I love. I have very loyal and very gracious patients. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, not everything works for all people and, and um, but we have to process through those and, and challenge. So, you know, one of the things I tell my patients is I'm not going to take, get you off of more pills you'll be taking more pills because it will be in the form of supplements, right? but they will be good for you, you know, and, and, they, and uh, I'm hoping they will help you in terms of your symptoms. And a lot of the time they do, but do we have cases that sometimes we're not able to help? Yeah. And that's really, really hard. That's really hard for me when I can't help a patient. Yeah. So, but we send them out um, or they find a clinic and I'm like, go for it, do this. Let me know what I can do for you. I'm willing to talk to people. I want to look at other information. I learn a ton from my patients. I mean, I can't, to have the, 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 um, you know, the vetted sort of resource of having patients that are doing research across the internet and talking to other people or Mm -hmm. on blogs, I can't cover that amount of space. So I really lent, uh, really listen to my patients because they've come up s- with some really fantastic information. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's a, I feel like it's um, you're you're experiencing a more uh, collaborative effort. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, you can't you can't better someone without their without their own health because they have to tell you how they feel, their history, all of that, and so it is a very much a working relationship. Yeah, and I think that's really I think it's really wonderful. Um, I think maybe some of the benefits of integrative medicine um, 
is that I think sometimes, and this is a, no hate to um, you know just Western medicine. I, I happen to like it. Um, it helps, uh, but sometimes they're just like, okay, what's the symptom? Okay, let's put this on this, or let's just put that where I like what you said, where I think there's a lot, I think there's probably more people that have like a root cause issue um, supposed to just slapping a medication on it. And so I think there's points where medication is really helpful. And then yeah. I think that there's points where it's most likely um, overprescribed or not really going to effectuate the change that you want it to, to have. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, the patients that we see, they don't want to be on medication. So they're very vested in making the changes, whether that's lifestyle, you know, sleep hygiene, diet, right. all that kind yeah. of stuff. They're willing to make those changes because they ultimately want to be on very little medication as possible. They would they would be on 50 supplements if it could get them off of their three medications mm -hmm. like that's yeah. sort of the outlook. And and they want to be educated. And so a lot of my time is spent not only listening to them and, and documenting what I hear, but then also educating um, because I want them to learn. And so that we can move on to that next step or again, not see them, which right. is sad to some degree, but at the same time, it's good because that means that I did my job. Right. right. And you don't want to be, honestly, you don't want to be going to just tons of doctor's appointments for the rest of your life. So part yeah. of it's in a yeah. part of it's, you know, an efficiency thing and we're, you're working with your patient towards a common goal. And when that goal is complete, that should be a win. Um, yeah. That should be a win. And yeah. so it also shows to um, hopefully that, you know, your practice is more like we don't want to just squeeze as much money out of you as we possibly can. It's more of, oh okay, gosh. we'll have to take the money that we have to because um, we don't have a choice, um, but hopefully you don't have to spend any more <laughs> money with us. So that's kind of how yeah. I, as a, as a <laughs> client, that's how I would It's like, I don't want to spend more money than I have to. Yeah. Well, um, if you think about it, this economy. Yeah, well, yeah, true. And, and what people I think kind of forget is that without insurance, you know, without these co-pays, you're not actually spending more. So like if you were to pay cash to, I'll give an example recent, I went to, um, the, a, a podiatrist, a foot doctor, um, mm -hmm. for, for something just cause I noticed it was there and it was not anything, but I was there maybe five minutes and I was charged, my insurance didn't cover it and I was charged $160. Yep. So if you think about it, five minutes, $160, and then you're spending an hour and a half with me, and I'll be really honest um, with us. You're going to spend about six twenty, six fifty for a new patient visit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about the equivalency and the time that you're spending for a specialist, and then what we're doing with us, we're actually cheap. <laughs> I know yeah. six fifty is is a really it's a stark it's number. A, in it's the a beginning. lot. No, it's a lot, and that's not including testing and follow ups and things like that. I get it. But when you think about it, I remember in family practice, I felt awful charging a patient that didn't have insurance $150 for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was pretty standard. So we're, we try to be as gracious and, and we have given time away. We don't try to be really huge sticklers. I mean, we do see this as a ministry. It's um, a business though. It I is mean, a you business have to, though. You have it is to, a business. Yeah. And so, and, and thankfully I don't make those uh, price uh decisions because it's not my office. <laughs> I just work there. So thankfully I can kind of stay out of that. But, um, but if you think about it, it's it in the realm of medicine, if you didn't have insurance, we're not any more expensive than anyone else. It's just, we don't take that copay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's um, isn't, you know, so it's, it, there's pluses and minuses to it, unfortunately. Yeah. And some people actually prefer it because they know what they're getting when they come to our office. Right. Yeah. And you know, and, and too, it's evaluating your own health that if you're a healthy person and all you really need is a GP, you know, I would say don't spend 
the 620 don't spend that money if you don't have to but if you if you're noticing issues you know and you're like my doctor's just not just not cutting it you know i might need something more then it's it's worth considering so i think it is a uh, an individual choice whether or not you do something like that oh absolutely yeah and and again everyone comes for different reasons whether it's i usually we see chronically sick people but mm-hmm. i have some people that are just wellness and they just kind of want to check and they use us like i said for their primary and if they have the money um you know (laughs) i do not have the money to do that type of thing all the time but you know again it's it's up to their income their personal choice what they want to do um for sure it's everyone's personal decision um and we never try to force on anyone like i always give multiple options to people and i say what do you feel is the best you know option for you Mm -hmm. and and a lot of my job is trying to figure out okay without delving into their finances, because I never want to know that, but just being like, hey, these are your options. These are kind of the financial realms of where you're going to do. You don't tell me, you just figure out what is the best for you. And then sometimes, but I am having to create protocols based on what people can do. Either that is financially, whether that is logistically, they can't come to the office, you know, for infusions or whatever, or supplements, like, Mm -hmm. or the fact that they're like, Carrie, I can only take three pills. Be like, okay, these are the three I would choose, you know, yeah. or and sometimes that's really hard, but I'm always having to make decisions based on what a person can really physically do for them to be successful. And it will take a longer period of time to a lot of degree, but, but it's for that patient. And that's what you're there for. You're there to help them, mm-hmm. you know, in that goal. And you just have to set realistic expectations when, when, when there are limitations involved. Yeah. No, I yeah. think, I think honestly, you know, it could be the same with uh, more Western medicine too. Um, just depending, um, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like we've we've covered a lot. Yeah, we've done yeah a lot. we definitely yeah. have. We've yeah. talked about a lot of things. Um, it's we we got to talk a little bit um, on the phone uh, for like twenty minutes. Uh, but this was far more exciting. Yeah, this um, was good. This <laughs> was really this. really uh, fun. And you guys should keep up with Carrie, especially if you're. In Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, we don't know what she's going to do next. We know she wants to do some stuff, but you should stay tuned for that. Um, so if she ends up running for something, um, if you decide you like what she's saying and what she stands for, um, you should keep up with her and vote for her and encourage other people to do the same. Um, but we're so excited that you came and talked to uh, a couple of people like us. Mm-hmm. Um, where can people find you if they want to follow you? It's a great question. I'll be really honest. I am a terrible social media person. But let's just, you have one, <laughs> though, Makes two right? of us. I do have one. Um, I actually created it for the campaign after a couple people that nudged me in that direction. So I do have a Facebook um, one where it's a uh, uh, committee for Carrie Olinsky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have that. And I'm actually on Instagram, um, and which Carrie Alinsky, um, and then again, my, uh, social media person kind of created this all for me. So I am, um, those are not the best ways to, to get in touch with me. If you want to get in touch with me, I am great emailer. Okay. So, um, so Carrie for Charlotte, I still have that email address. Mm-hmm. So, and then Carrie is C-A-R-R-I-E, um, for Charlotte, um, F-O-R. So please email me any questions or if you're like, Hey, what are your thoughts for the upcoming election or whatever it is? Um, I even, um, you know, I've, t- I've talked with multiple people that way. That's a great way. I'm happy to answer you on Facebook, too. I'm just not the best communicator on that one. And we'll make sure yeah. we link um, all of this uh, below. We so we'll link yeah. all, of her, um, all of her stuff below so that uh, you can follow her. 
uh, and ask for yeah. questions too, which is kind of fun. That yeah, and my office. Yeah, my office site is uh, cfwellness.com. Okay, so and that's my office. Your comfortable will will also put that in the description. Yeah, sure. If sure. you are also uh, interested in that type of care. Um, Thank you again for being here. We have a lot more uh, amazing guests coming. We have a whole marathon that we're performing (laughs) next week for all these guests on many different topics. Um, I'm not going to give it away because it's going to be good. So we'll talk to you next time. Awesome. Thank you so much.